Greetings in the name of Yeshua and Happy Hanukkah. Um, tonight I've got an interesting topic and the Lord led me to to post and He wants me to make a video of it. It's uh, but just at fir first I, I want to make a comment about the world today. Um, I'm wondering about the COVID vaccine. I was reading an article uh, from a Christian publication is the COVID-19 vaccine um, I forget the word they were using but anyways my question to this uh, to this uh, publication would be why do we as Christians need any kind of a vaccine if we have the Lord in our hearts and in our we're walking in faith uh, we're protected so we don't really need that eh? um, Anyways, I want to get on to the topic of what we, uh, what the Lord has showed me. Okay, here we are. Um, had to make the adjustment in uh, contrast. Anyways, so getting down to the nitty gritties of what the Lord showed me today, and it's actually quite a, a cheerful message. It's called Our Lord's Return, and it's published in trumpeterscall.com under that name our lord's return and the video will be on youtube and i encourage people to uh join okay um become a member and you'll get these videos daily as i make them and publish them the same on uh, trumpeters call join up and and uh you'll receive a these messages on an, a daily basis as well. Anyways, um, it's titled Our Lord's Return and it's based on Matthew 24, 36 to 39. And I want to read you the verses. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Mo were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And knew not until the flood came and looked them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So here we are, here we are. And the preamble, what I like, I said in, in the articles, I always put a preamble so that people understand where I'm coming from. Or I try to make it such that you understand. To watch for the Lord, for Christ's coming, is to maintain that temper of mind which we which we would be willing that our Lord should find us in. In other words, prepared. We need to be prepared. But. As I go through this, you're going to understand something that I don't think very few people touch on. We know we have a little time to live. We cannot know that we have a long time to live, much less do we know the time fixed for the judgment. So we need to be prepared for any time. Our Lord's coming will be happy to those that shall be found ready, but very dreadful to those that are not. 
So I caution those that are mouth professing and walking 50-50. Time to come to reality on that. If a man professing to be the servant of Christ be an unbeliever covetous, ambitious, or a lover of pleasure, he will be cut off. Those who choose the world for their portion in this life will have hell for their portion in the other life. May our Lord, when he cometh, pronounce us blessed, blessed, and present us to the Father, washed in his blood, purified by the Spirit, and fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now in Matthew Henry's commentary, 1662 to 1774, that's, that was the man's life. We hear him calling us to be honest and upfront and center about our position. Now he's talking about assessing ourselves. To ourselves then, I say, by the circumstances of our time, this question comes, will you also go away? Will you be like the rest or will exceptional fidelity be found in you is your attachment to Yeshua so based on personal conviction is it so truly the growth of your own experience and so little a mere echo of popular opinion that you say in your heart though all men should forsake thee yet will not I it is difficult to resist the current of thought and opinion that prevails around us Difficult to dispute or even question the opinion of men who have been our teachers and who have first awakened our minds to see the majesty of, majesty of truth and the beauty of the universe. It is difficult to choose our own way, thus facility condemn the choice and the way men we know to be pure in life and in every essential respect better than ourselves. And yet perhaps it is well that we are thus compelled to make up our own mind to examine the claims of Yeshua for ourselves and so follow him with the resolution that comes of personal conviction. Suppose we truly love him and find that he has taken place in our life. In that case, we cannot ever give to another if we are conscious that our future lies his way and that we must in heart abide with him. All our slowness to understand is patiently dealt with, all our under understand, all our underrating of his real dignity is forgiven us, and we are led on, on in his company to perfect conformity, perfect union, and perfect knowledge. Now, as I go through this, you're going to understand everything that Matthew Henry was saying there. We also find what was revealed before and again brings the truth forward. James 2.12. Some give this explanation that they, as that as they flattered themselves too much, they are summoned to the right tribunal. For men absolve themselves according to their own notions because they withdraw themselves from the judgment of the divine law. Being right in your own mind. Okay, here's my closing statement on this. 
Okay, here's the bottom line that many have not considered as they are looking into the future for our Lord to return from the clouds to claim his righteous children. And it is the position we are to be prepared for, as the truth is, when we come to the end of our journey in this world and are about to spiritually depart, we find that Yeshua has spiritually returned for us to guide us through the valley of death unto the new world, final, new world's final judgment. What is needed to understand is how, like Job proclaimed, the Lord shapes and molds us in the womb, Job 31.15, but doesn't stop there. As we learn in the following words, he continues the shaping and molding right to the end of our journey, where he returns to claim what he and the Holy Spirit has put so much work into. The work Yeshua puts into our lives through the Holy Spirit is in preparation for what is described in 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. All of us are going to go through that judgment. The Apostle quickens himself and others to active acts of duty, well-grounded hopes of heaven will not encourage sloth and sinful security. In other words, thinking that we've made it and we're guaranteed. There is no guarantee, folks. Let all consider the judgment to come, which is called the terror of the Lord. Now here's where the article gets interesting. Knowing what terrible vengeance the Lord would execute upon the workers of iniquity, the Apostle and his brethren used every argument and persuasion to lead men to believe in the Lord Jesus and to act as his disciples. Their zeal and diligence were from the glory of God and the good of the Church. Christ's love for us will have little effect upon us if duly considered and rightly judged. All were lost and undone, dead and ruined slaves to sin, having no power to deliver themselves, and must have remained thus miserable forever if Christ had not died. We should not make ourselves but Christ the end of our living and actions. A Christian's life should be devoted to Christ. Alas, how many show the worthiness, worthlessness of their professed faith and love by living to themselves. And the world. Again, here's where we're being asked to check ourselves because of the dark clouds that are on the horizon moving forward and recognize that we need to look at everything that is about us. And as I'm going through this, I began, as I was writing this, the Lord was showing me that there's a special reason why he comes back for us. He comes back for his righteous children. But as you're going to hear and hear, He's also with us right from the womb as he creates, as he begins to shape us and mold us in the womb. He doesn't stop when we come to the birth canal. He continues that shaping and molding of us. But the work has to be on our, our behalf as well. Okay? Now, Job complained of his diseases and judged by them that God was angry with him. His friends did so too. But Elihu shows that God 
often afflicts the body for good to the soul. This thought will be of great use for our getting good from sickness in and by which God speaks to man. So realize what this man is saying is that when we have illness in our body, it's the Lord doing some work with us. Pain is the fruit of sin. And I've maintained that. I've said nothing happens in our flesh that doesn't have already happened in the spirit. By God's grace, the pain of the body is often made a means of good to the soul. The mind, will, and the emotions. When afflictions have blown, have done their work, they shall be removed. A ransom or propitiation is found. Jesus Christ is the messenger and the ransom, so Elihu calls him as Job, had called him his redeemer. For he is both the purchaser and the price, the priest and the sacrifice, the priest and the sacrifice. So high was the value of souls that nothing less would redeem them, and so great the hurt done by sin that nothing less would atone for it than the blood of the Son of God, who gives it, gave his life a ransom for many. A blessed change follows, Recovery from sickness is mercy, indeed, when it proceeds from the remission of sin. All that truly repent of their sins shall find mercy with God. The works of darkness and unfruitful, all the gains of sin, will come far short of the damage. So realize what they're saying here. This is coming from Job, who suffered great pain and great sickness. We must, with a broken and contrite heart, confess our sins to God. 1 John 1, 9 We must confess the fact of sin and not try to justify or excuse ourselves. Oh, there's coping there. Okay, rationalize and justify. We must confess the fault of sin. I have perverted that which was right. We must confess the folly of sin. So foolish have I been and ignorant. Is there no good reason why we should make such a confession? You have to search yourself deeply. What's coming is not going to be easy. Now, nothing is more delightful to, uh, to faithful ministers or more to their praise than their ministry's success, as shown in the spirits and lives of those among whom they labor. The law of Christ was written in their hearts, and the love of Christ shed abroad there, there. Nor was it written in stone tablets, as the fear of God given to Moses, as the law of God given to Moses, but on the fleshly, fleshy, not fleshly, as fleshliness denotes sensuality, tab, tables of the heart, Ezekiel 36, 26. So, the joy that we have is in our hearts. It's not written in the flesh. We don't have a fleshly sensation from it. It's written in the heart. It becomes a part of who we are. Their hearts were humbled and softened to receive this impression by the new creating power of the Holy Spirit. He ascribes all the glory to God. And remember, as our whole dependence is upon the Lord, so the whole glory belongs to him alone. The letter killeth, the letter of the law. The letter of the law is the ministration of death. 
And if we rest only in the letter of the gospel, we shall not be the better for so doing. So even if we're in grace, under grace, under salvation, if it we're acting as a as letter of the law, it is going to be of no avail to us. We shall not be the better for so doing, but the Holy Spirit gives us life spiritual and life eternal. So we have the Holy Spirit guiding us and, and teaching us and protecting us. The Old Testament dispensation was the ministration of death, but the New Testament of life. The law made known sin and the wrath and curse of God. It showed us a God above us and a God against us. But the gospel makes known grace and Emmanuel, God with us. That's the difference. God is with us. Therein the righteousness of God by faith is revealed, and this shows us that the just shall live by his faith. This makes known the grace and mercy of God through Jesus Christ, through Yeshua, for obtaining the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. The gospel so much succeeds the law in the story, in the glory of the legal dispensation. But even the New Testament will be a killing letter if shown as a mere system or form and without dependence on God and the Holy Spirit. To give it a quickening power, thus Yeshua has a finished product to return, collect, and guide through the valley of death and bring forward to the judgment seat. Now I want to speak to this because I was shown something and I want to share it with you. And I, I, I thought it was a part of this, this um, dissertation, but apparently it was missed. But I want to share it anyways. Because what I want you to recognize, and I spoke to you about being shaped and formed in the womb, formed and shaped and molded in the womb. When we're born, the Lord continues that work. He doesn't stop. He continues shaping and molding us until we go to the new world, until we leave this world. But understand what he's doing is that he's doing a preparation in us for the day when he returns. So recognize a lot of people look for God's return to be that when he comes out of the clouds and he's going to uh, uplift the whole, the whole group of righteous people and take them back take them with him. What I'm saying to you is that this is on an individual basis that God returns. And when he returns is when he's finished the shaping and the molding of his work, so that when we pass through onto the, into the new world, when our spirit leaves this vessel, our body, he's there greeting us. And he's there to guide us through the valley of death. And he protects us. And he tells us that in prayer. He told us, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be there. I will be protected. Thy staff and thy rod. That's what I'm talking about. Is that we're being prepared for that day of judgment. So we have to recognize that our participation is just as essential in his shaping and molding of us. So when we hear the things coming to us through the Holy Spirit, we have to utilize that and use it so that it becomes a part of that shaping and molding that the Lord is doing 
so that we are righteous when he does come back. And he knows we're righteous because he's done his work in us through the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that we can do that brings us any further into the judgment. However, when we, when we cooperate with him, and that's what I'm talking about, is cooperation of recognizing and doing the things that require us to be righteous. In other words, following the teachers, living in faith, walking in faith, being in faith, receiving God's gifts in faith, you learning how to use those gifts, learning how to be blessed by them. But more than anything, to recognize, like the Holy Spirit taught us, that if we don't share our, our salvation, if we don't share these gifts, in the eyes of the Lord, it's nothing. It's gone. Recognize that the Lord is putting an effort into you on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis. He's inside, spiritually with us, and he's shaping and molding, continuing to build us and in, in, build our faith, build a relationship with us. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. So as he's building the relationship and we recognize that, we have to put an effort into returning that. Recognizing how he is shaping us and how he's molding us and where he's taking us. And no two people are the same. Everyone is different. We're all independent. We're all individuals. However, when he's shaping and molding us, he has got us in the family. And when we're in the family, we need to be demonstrations. We need to be examples of the work that he's put into us, of how he's taken us. It's like the potter takes that broken, uh, gentle clay and with a little bit of water on his hands, he shapes it into what figure he wants it to become. A finished product. Understand this lifetime that we have, what I'm describing to you, is an opportunity for you to recognize and understand the importance of your role in the shaping and molding of you as an individual to be in righteousness so that when we do pass, we recognize the Lord is there to greet us. He has returned early. He has returned early because he promised us that he would come back and take those that are righteous with him. I say to you in all sincerity, he is there to greet us when we're ready to pass through into the next world, out of this world. And understand what he's doing is that he's guiding us through the valley of death and we don't have anything to fear and we will be protected. But he's also taking us from here to the judgment seat, which we're all going to sit on. We're all going to be there. When, like I said, we're going to be there, whether it's good or bad. And we have to understand everything that we do is written in the books. There's a book of life that has our name in it. But there's other books that keep track of the things that we do, what we say, how we respond, what we're doing with other people. All of the things that the Lord is shaping us and molding us to become and do. It's all noted so that when the day of judgment comes, it's presented by the Lord as our benefactor, as our interceder. 
he presents it to the God, his Father, in order for us to be judged accordingly. I have no way of knowing what that judgment's going to be, who's going to be judged and how, but I say to you in all sincerity, recognize what the message is right now. Last night I said, give yourself over to him. That's what he means. Turn yourself over to him spiritually so that he can shape you and mold you into the men and women that he desires you to become. So that when your day here, your number is called, he'll be there to greet you because he knows what work he has put into you and he is here, he'll be there for you to collect on that work, the finished product. That finished product, he's going to take to the judgment seat and it will be judged accordingly. The more we cooperate by turning our spirit over to him and allowing him to guide us and teach us and can shape us and mold us into that, which is desirable in God's eyes, the stronger our case and his intercession will be. If we think that we can be righteous and do the things that we believe are, are righteous and good and all the rest of it, I think we'll fall short. I believe that would fall under coping because we would be rationalizing and justifying in our minds that what we're doing is the right thing instead of turning ourselves over to the Lord and allowing him to guide us and protect us and feed us and do the things that are required of us in order to be demonstrations and shine his light into the world. The stronger he becomes within us, the stronger our light is that shines out of us, his light. Think about what I'm saying to you. All the things that we have talked about prior to this lesson and this, this message is to recognize that if we turn ourselves over to him and allow him to do the shaping and the molding, we don't have to worry about COVID. We don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about enemies. Oh, yes, our bodies will be bruised and battered. And, but if we have peace in our hearts, what does that matter? The Lord suffered. And he did it for us. Recognize what Job's friend was saying. That when we have illness, don't blame God for it. Look at it as a lesson. Look for the good in it. Look for something that you can find that's going to give you the goodness that's going to bring peace to your heart and your mind to recognize that your soul is being fed something. A young man that I minister, man, a young man and his wife who was suffering, his wife was suffering from fourth stage cancer. In prayer, her life was extended almost, I think it was three or four years. They had time to become very close to each other and walked deep with the Lord, and their relationship with Christ flourished. And the lessons that were brought to him as the husband were infathomable. Like when I ministered to him after his wife passed, and I said to him, 
the joy that is in, should be in his heart, not that she's passed, but the joy that should be in his heart, what the Lord showed him, how to minister to his wife, how to care for her, how to be there and pass his love on to her. In the moments when she was suffering so dearly and deeply, and he was there to comfort and, 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 and bring peace into her, her life. These are the things that I'm talking about. We need to minister that to ourselves as well in preparation for what's coming. Know that we need to put peace in our hearts. We need to gentle our hearts. We need to soften them even further than they already are so that we can hear the things that the Lord is speaking to us in the times when we're being pummeled by the spirits. That when we reach out to the Lord, we know his hand is going to be there to take a hold of us and to pull us through this. I started a, um, another article. I published it. It's, it's one that we have, I think, about four or five different songs. And in that, I said in the beginning, the opening was that I had my hands raised up. My arms are raised and my hands were reaching out to grasp a hold of the Lord's hands that I would know his presence and that he would know that I was giving praise and glory unto him for what he's done in our lives and what he's done in my life in particular. What he's brought to me as an individual is insurmountable. The peace that I know and feel, it's like a 360 degree turn. I was in absolute turmoil because I had forsaken my walk and gone. And he told me, you brought it on yourself. And I did. And it was because I was angry angry because my father passed away angry because the night before him and i he passed and him and i had words and i was angry at myself for having said some things i shouldn't have how many of us suffer the same thing and cause ourselves so much sorrow and grief in our hearts it was like i stuck a dagger in myself and every time i wanted some acknowledgement i would twist that pain i would have pain like you wouldn't believe i'd twist that knife and i suffered and i tried to hide in alcohol and different things mostly alcohol and i hid there for 25 years then one day i woke up and i realized that you know what i wasn't going anywhere and if anything i was killing myself because i was pouring poison into my system to hide from the very poison that I put there to begin with. You have to search yourselves. You have to be honest with yourselves. You have to recognize that in that honesty, you'll find the freedom. It's like this, like it said in this article, when the pain is gone, when the illness is finished, you will have learned something. You will have gained in the soul. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. You will have gained. What did I gain 
through my suffering was a better understanding of my relationship with Yeshua, where I had erred and why I needed to get back to him and why I needed to raise my arms and put my hands in a position where I was grasping out to hold on to my Lord's hands so that he could pull me out of the mire and the guck and mud and pain and agony and slavery that I was in. And he did. And I then learned and I knew that I needed to turn my soul, my spirit over to him and allow him to take that and shape it and mold it into something that he desired it to be, not what I wanted. I let him shape me into the man I have become. I walk spiritually. I walk faithfully. But you know what? I'm a human and I make mistakes. And I need to get on my knees every once in a while and ask him for his forgiveness because I am a human. Because I'm in this body. And I make choices and decisions and some of them I maybe don't think them through enough. Or I find myself being tricked. Remember, the enemy is so subtle. And when you believe, when you start believing in your mind that you can defeat him or that you can, you, you're protected and you can walk under that protection and do all the things that you believe in your mind you can do, is when you find out that you're a, puffin, a puppet on the end of the string and he's manipulating you. Because it's in your puffed up mind and your pride that he gains control over you. We need to be at all times humble, meek, understanding that all things that we do are through the Lord. Everything that we do has to be through the Lord. It's part of the shaping and the molding. It's part of recognizing that if we walk in his righteousness, we abide in it, then we're protected. But also, we have a life of peace. On the outside, we may be battered by the world, but there's nothing the world can do to us because inside we're at peace and we're full of love. We're full of happiness and joy that we're in the Lord, knowing and full well knowing that at the end of this journey, he's going to be there welcoming us. He'll be there to greet us because we have done what he's asked us to do. We have done the things that, that make him look at us and understand. See, when, when, when I first heard from the Holy Spirit that we needed to share our salvation with others, something that I gained and recognized from that, the more I shared, the more I spoke about the Lord, the deeper my salvation and the stronger my faith became. When I, I now, when I talk, I don't talk about the worldly things. I talk about the Lord. And I have people saying to me, whoa, 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 you don't, you don't talk. You don't, you, all you're doing is preaching. All you're doing, I'm not preaching, I'm sharing. But to them, I'm preaching because they don't want to hear everything that I have to say. But I say it anyways. Because to me, it's important that they hear it. Because once I issue it out to them, it grows inside of me because whatever I release to them is replaced with more. And it's stronger. 
and it feeds my soul, and it feeds my spirit, and it raises me and shapes me into more of what the Lord has called me to do. Do I worry about what other people say about me? Not at all. I know who's looking. I know who's hearing. I know who's guiding me, who's got his hands on me like a potter, and he's making me into something that far out, I have enough beyond my comprehension what it is that he desires for me. But you know what? I don't question it. I do as he calls me to do, to be his servant. It's like the master who gathered those to come into his field and, and work his field in the morning. And then he went out and gathered more and paid them a little more and brought them in. Understand, when you become a worker for the Lord, it isn't how much you're going to pay, how much you're going to receive. It's how much can you share with others. If I share a ton, I get two back. Understand, the Lord works in that, in that way. He gives me things that I have no idea Initially, when I receive it, I do not understand it fully to begin with. But as I get into the scriptures, I begin to recognize. I begin to understand the depth of it, what it means. I'm studying, they're talking about these two planets coming together. And in 800 years, there's a, there's a Christmas star. And I have two trains of thought on that. And I'll, sh I'll briefly share it with you. One is that it could be the the entrance of the Antichrist into the world because he always duplicates everything that God does. And when you think about it, what what they're talking about in the miracle of God's birth was that there were three wise men that followed the stars to Jerusalem. And this star that's in the sky now could possibly be very similar to that star which heralded the king of kings. This star could be heralding the king of liars coming into the world. That's just my thoughts. The other um, could be an indication, a sign that the Lord is preparing to return. I don't know but I'm going to study it and I'm going to pray on it and I'm going to meditate on it and I'm going to dig as far as I can in order to understand it. I will use the world's wisdom. I follow um, the scientific page that studies the sun and I believe there may be some answers there in that, in that uh, archive there in which I'm going to dig into. I'm going to try and understand it. But I recognize what I'm trying to say is that I'm not worried about the things of the world. I don't need to. I don't need to. And people say to me, well, why? I said, because I know that I'm going to be provided for. I know that I'm going to be protected. I know that I'm uplifted in the hands of the angels because that's where the Lord has put me. I know that I walk with a peace in my heart and joy. And I know that 
no matter what people say about me or what they think I am or who they think I want to be, has absolutely no influence on me whatsoever. I know who my master is. I know who I answer to. I know who's shaping and molding me. And I am turning myself day by day, a little bit by little bit, more of my spirit and my soul over to him because I know that is what is called upon me to do. And as I do, I recognize there is more wisdom that comes from that, more discernment, more understanding of what's happening in the world and why. This world is becoming very dark and wicked. Understand there's forces operating in this world. We do not have a comprehension of how force, how strong and powerful these forces are. And the world is struggling to understand. The diversion of their minds is the COVID. They're concentrating on that out of fear. That fear is a diversion from the wickedness and evil that is about to hit them. Like I mentioned in this article, the days of Noah, partying and marrying and carrying on until Noah went into the ark. The same is here. The same is what's happening now. I don't know when this, these clouds are going to hit, but I know that there is wickedness in it that we have never seen nor comprehend, or can we comprehend. And when it comes, it's going to be hell on earth. It's not going to be pleasant for anybody. I don't care whether we walk with the Lord or not. It's not going to be pleasant. Be prepared. Be, be strong in your faith. Be, I cannot emphasize enough. Like To me, I'm, I'm storing up as much. I'm building in my faith as much as I possibly can. I'm trying to put as much up in heaven and in my faith and build my relationship with Yeshua as I possibly can because of what the Lord is showing. This opportunity that I have right now is the calm before the storm. And I keep saying that and recognize that it's a preparation time for us to strengthen ourselves so that we can go to many different levels of torment and still get through it. Recognize and understand what's happening in this world is wickedness is coming. And that wickedness is not going to be your friend. <coughs> Excuse me. It's, it, isn't, it isn't going to be friendly. It isn't going to do you any favors. Allow the Lord to shape you and mold you into the men and women that he desires you to be. Prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you as a humble servant. I hold these children up to you, Father, and I pray that you would strengthen them, guide them, and protect them. Teach them that you're molding them to become that which you desire, so that when you return for them on their day of reckoning, 
on their day of passing from this life into the new life, that you will be there to gather what you have created, that you have finished and molded into that which you desire it to become, that your work will not be useless and unfruitful. Show them and make them show them and bring them information, Father, that they would understand that you're in their hands and that you're you're molding them like the clay of the potter. And in it, Father, you're designing them and creating a situation for them to have the knowledge and understanding that they when they go through the valley of death, that they're going to be placed in the judgment seat. And in doing so, you will intercede on their behalf. But you will have lots of material to intercede with because of the work that you have done in this time and in this world and in this lifetime. That in your shaping and molding, you have created knowledge and understanding of who the individual is that when you're interceding, you're speaking on behalf of them. I pray that you'd bring knowledge and understanding to them, Father. This I pray in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen.